Come on, do you believe that today? Anything can happen in this place. As long as we worship the Lord, we lift up Jesus. Once Jesus is here, he can do anything in your life. We're going to exalt him above every situation, every pain, every sickness, because Jesus is greater. There's no other greater name than given among men, thereby we must be saved. Amen. The name of Jesus. How many know the name of Jesus has power? Power to heal, power to deliver, power to set free. That's why we call upon the name of Jesus. Amen. And he can do anything. Amen. Miracles can happen. Because Jesus is here, amen, and it all depends on our hunger, our desire for him, and what we want him to do in our life, amen, we don't, we can either go through normal motions, or we can just say, God, I want to have your way, God, I want you to have your way in my life, in my situation, I give it all over to you, hallelujah, how many believe something is going to happen today, amen, we just shout, we worship the Lord, let's shout with a voice of triumph. Yes, Lord, we believe, God. We believe, Jesus. Anything is possible in this place today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. As we uh, transition, as our ushers would come, amen, we want to uh, prepare for our giving unto the Lord, give back what he has given us. He's blessed us with so much, amen, and he asks uh, just a little in return, so we do that. Amen. And so it's so good to have everyone here today. Good to have all of our guests. We welcome you all. We pray that God would speak to you and move in your life. Amen. And minister to you. Amen. As you uh, feel at home here in this place. Amen. So we Starting this Tuesday, amen, we're having our grow groups. Uh, there's a, a flyer out there. If you haven't received it out there, flyer home. Home fellowship Tuesday night at 7, 630. Amen. So pick a place uh, that's nearest to you um, and or whatever one you want to go to. Amen. We want to have uh, food and fellowship and uh, studying the word of God. Amen. Uh, just like the book of Acts Church. Amen. We are more than Acts 238. We're about apostolic fellowship and, and, and praying together and getting together. Amen. Because we are the body of Christ here in Fort Myers. Amen. Amen. We need to stay connected with one another. Amen. So connect with the church there starting Tuesday night. Amen. And we're excited for that. Amen. And all that is coming up. Amen. We're excited of what has happened so far over this past weekend. We've had uh, great services with our children. Amen. I think Tuesday or Friday night, I think we had at least seven people get the Holy Ghost at the rally here. So we're, uh, God is doing great things, and we're not finished yet. Amen. So we want to continue in that. As we pray for this offering today, continue to pray for those that are out sick, that couldn't make it today, or maybe they're traveling, that God knows the need, and God can meet every need. Amen. And we believe that God can meet every need, that prayer works. Amen. Let's go before the Lord together. Lord Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in our lives so far, Lord, and what you're going to continue to do. We ask you, Lord, to touch each and every need in this place, every situation. We plead the blood of Jesus over their lives, their bodies. Touch us offering today. Bless the remainder of this service. In Jesus' precious name that we pray, amen, amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord as kids' church is dismissed today. With Jesus in will happen.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, we worship you. We praise you in this place. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We have been blessed by the ministry of Brother Luke Curry these past few days. Amen. And Brother Jackson here helping him. We want to uh, invite Brother Luke up here again. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise as he comes today? Come on, that feels good. It feels good in this place. Why don't you just lift his name up? Come on, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He inhabits the praises of his people. If you're wondering, man, what's all this clapping about? What's all this shouting about? If a celebrity walked into this room, you would lose your mind. And we just know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords walked into this room. And so we don't just hold our peace. We don't just hold our tongue. We get a little excited. We get a little crazy. We get a little rowdy. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and start turning to John chapter 3 and verse 5. It was in an atmosphere like this just a little while ago. Uh, I was in an extended revival um, in, with the rallies in Apopka, Florida. And um, I don't know, it wasn't anything special. It wasn't because I was so spiritual. I can assure you of that. The Holy Ghost just moved in, folks. And there was a lady, I didn't even know, I didn't even know till a week later, that was in that service that was about to go on dialysis. Her kidneys were functioning at 5%. And I got a text that week, we had prayed over the sick. I got a text that week that said she was now at 71% improving. She would no longer have to be on dialysis. It was a miracle from God. What are you talking about, Brother Luke? I'm just telling you, God still does miracles. He does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm not trying to be rude, but we would be quite ignorant if we believed that miracles were just for the time of Christ when he walked on this earth. If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means he's still the same, and he's still doing miracles, and he's still delivering, and he's still setting free. Come on, somebody. God is so good. It is so good to be with you guys. I had uh, one of the kids tell me, we were, t we were talking back there, and he told me, hey, man, I've been here for seven years. You've been here for four days. So he let me know, he let me know that I was the guest here. I'm playing. So I do realize that I am the guest, uh, and uh, I am so appreciative of your hospitality and of your, your kindness. I promise it wasn't in a hateful way. We were just playing with each other. It, I, I got a good laugh out of it. Um, but it is so, so good. Your, your guys' hospitality has been second to none. I mean, it's just been so great. I've got to make so many great new friends and reconnect with so many old ones. And it's just so good to serve the Lord together. I've, I've got a, a, a basket that a show dog couldn't jump over. I mean, I think if I think if we had a natural disaster, I would be good for at least two years. Um, so, I mean, I'm so thankful. I give honor to your wonderful pastor, the shepherd of this city, the shepherd of this church. Such a humble and kind man with such a marvelous spirit. Um, and he just
just loves this truth and, and his wonderful wife and their family and your leadership. Man, I could just go on and on. Give honor to my pastor for letting me be here, my home church. Uh, and I also give honor to my family. Give honor to Brother Jackson. He's been such a tremendous help. And he's just hell's worst nightmare, folks. You know, whoever said you had to wait till you were in your 40s to start living for God didn't know much. You can do it right now, right where you are, in Jesus' name. John chapter 3 and verse 5, I'm going to ask, uh, my voice has been, I've been using it all week. Can I get a little bit more on this mic if possible? Uh, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water. Somebody say baptism. And of the Spirit, somebody say Holy Ghost. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. We got any Pentecostals in this place? They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house. Man, there it is. Where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Somebody shout fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all, say all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Somebody say, speak with other tongues. As the Spirit, say Spirit, gave them the utterance. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you. This is chapter 2, verse 38. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall, say shall. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. One last verse of scripture. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me. This is John the Baptist speaking of Jesus. Is mightier than I. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. And with fire. Shout fire. And if you want the fire of the Holy Ghost. Why don't we clap our hands. Why don't we worship him? Come on, let's press in right now. Lord Jesus, we invite you into this place. God, I rebuke every spirit, both human and demonic, that is contrary to the will of God for this city and for the revival that you have for us. I lose your spirit in this place. We invite you once again, precious Lord. Change hearts, change minds. God, shift eternity today. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you give about three to five people a high five around you and tell them it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. seated in the presence of the Lord. There, there is an innate God-given instinct that is in each and every one of us under the sound of my voice today, and that is simply to survive. There is something that beats deep inside of our hearts that teaches us, shows us how to survive. We know when we need water when we need food, that we need shelter over our heads. It's, it's beating inside of us. It's a part of our God 
God-given nature. This race and, and want and drive to survive has pushed many to do the impossible, the unthinkable. They attempt to push themselves, whether for the cause of adrenaline or for science, they push themselves to the brinking point, conveniently with a camera close by. This has piqued the interest of many and created a cult-like following, if you will, of survivalists. Has even sparked almost like an entire field of, uh, of science that all study the same question. How to survive? How do we survive? However, no matter the method, no matter the expert, no matter their experience, they all can agree on one thing and that is overwhelmingly true and considered to be the case. These are not my words. An expert said that fire is the king of all survival techniques. No matter what may go wrong, no matter what situation you are in, if you can find fire, you have a chance at making it. And it doesn't, how, it doesn't matter how many gadgets how many gizmos, how many things you can buy at, at Gander Mountain or Bass Pro Shops. You need fire. You have to have fire. I do not care how much training you receive, how many classes you go through. If you want a chance to survive in your wilderness, you must have fire. And I've just come to preach to Apostolic Praise Tabernacle on a Sunday morning that if we are going to survive, if we are going to make it, if we're going to stand the test of time in this world to come, it will not be because of our ability. It will not be because of our talent. It will not be because of our expertise or our know-how. It will simply be because somebody got a hold of a fire from heaven. If you're going to make it, you need fire. If your family is going to make it, you need fire. You believe that? Shout amen. amen. Let me remind you, we do not get here from some classroom somewhere, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful or rock anybody's beliefs, but we are not. We did not get here from some social experiment. We weren't just another convention or just another group of people deciding to splinter off. No, we were the original. And let me remind you, we were not born in the smoke. We were born in the fire. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, from heaven, from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and it, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. It's been that way since the beginning, baby. We came through the fire. We're going to survive through the fire. It won't be because we're so great. It won't be because we're so elegant of speech. It's because of the fire from heaven. We were born in the fire. Let me tell you, if we're going to make it to where we want to go, 
if we're going to make it to stadiums and, and football fields, if we're going to make it to where we can't even hold the number that we're going to see, if we're going to make it to the billions receiving the Holy Ghost, it will not be because we are smart. It will not be because of man's intellect or man's design. No, it will be because somebody got a hold of a fire from heaven. We must never forget the flame. It is the necessity of the flame. The necessity of the flame that keeps us going. We can never forget the flame. We're not like everybody else. We're not just another denomination, a religious sect. We're not just a bingo hall or a gathering. This is not a TED talk. This is not a speech. This is holy. This is ordained and predestined by God. It's the fire of heaven. I'm not trying to pick on anybody, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but we have a local church. God's really moving right now in Bellevue, and God's moving on them. They're a local Methodist church. And the pastor, all of a sudden, one day, we were in, I think it was like a Wednesday night service. I can't remember, Brother Matt. It was, we were in a service. Maybe it was Sunday night, but it was one of them services, folks. It was, I mean, the, the choir was rocking. I mean, people, were, they couldn't even wait. They ran to the altar. They lifted their hands. Every now and then, we need a service where God just comes in and blows up our schedule, okay? Man, I'm telling you, it wasn't my dance moves. I can promise you that. I was up there. I was, we were praying. It wasn't any of our dance moves or any of our ability. We weren't, we weren't so smart that we, we coaxed them in the door, but rather we were up there just travailing and snotting and, and bobby pins were flying, and, and it's the kind of service where you think, oh, no, what are the guests going to think? Anybody ever been there, okay? That's why you start bringing some people to church, you're going to feel that feeling after a while. It's a pressure. You know what I'm talking about? Man, if sister so-and-so starts feeling the Holy Ghost, I don't know if they're ever coming back here. You know what I'm saying? And that's the pressure that the world and that the devil speaks to us. They'll never come back. They're never going to like this. They're never going to be attracted to this. This is ugly. This is hideous. This is unorderly. This is unorthodox. This is just you. No. They came in through the back door. I can remember them. It was a family. A Spanish family. They had multiple kids and their kids. They marched their kids straight down to the aisle. All of them, they came down the aisle unto the altar and they began to lift up their hands and their little girl began to speak with other tongues and their other kid began to speak with other tongues and the other kid began to speak with other tongues and all of a sudden the parents started looking and saying, this is what we've been missing. This is what we've been missing. I need this. I need this. Little did we know he was the new pastor, Spanish pastor of the Methodist church in our area. He went back to the, to the English-speaking pastor, and he said, you won't believe where I just came, came from. You don't believe. I, I, I don't remember the, the exact conversation that happened, but he began to tell him about it. The next Sunday, he showed up with a truckload of more people that were Methodist folks, and they, they came in, and they, they sat on the pew, and they began to watch service. All of a sudden, there were so many that the pastor began to hear about it, and the pastor showed up on a Sunday night and sat on the pew and started realizing, hey, this is what we're missing this is what we need. And all of a sudden, the entire Methodist board was filling a pew. Why? They all wanted the fire. They all wanted to know, does the Holy Ghost still work? Do people still speak with other tongues? Are people still getting their miracle? 
telling you, I believe it. Those people are going to receive the Holy Ghost. We're going to convert an entire church. But you know what they told him, Brother Phil? He sat down for, for breakfast. I don't know what it was or, or lunch or dinner. I don't know. He came and he, he met with my pastor and they sat down and they began to talk. And it was just, he was just being nice. He wasn't necessarily trying to convert them right there on the spot or, or be disrespectful. They were, they were just speaking. And all of a sudden, the Methodist pastor looked at him, my pastor, an apostolic man of God. And he said, you know what? He said, you and me, we were the same. He said, but when you left, you took the fire with you. He said, we used to be the same, and we used to preach the same thing, but something happened when the apostolic Pentecostals left that took all the fire with them. And I've just come to tell you, the fire does not deter people. The fire does not push them away. It's the fire that attracts them. It's the dancing that attracts them. It's the shouting. It's the speaking with other tongues. It's the rolling on the floor. It's the apostolic moves of God. It's the fire. Scientists, sociologists, they're all looking at the church and they're wondering one thing. Why is the so-called church of the day dying? Look at it. Look at the numbers, folks. It's pretty bleak. We're not living in the 50s anymore. We're not living in the days of yesteryear of good old America. As much as we want them to come back, as much as we miss those times where everybody would go to church on a Sunday morning, we are living now in a country and a generation that they don't even know the name of Jesus, much less know who he is. They're wondering, who is this Jesus? Who are those people with their long hair and their long skirts? Who are those people that come by my job? Who are those people that lift their hands when they begin to pray? Who are those people that talk in other tongues? And I've just come to tell you, we got to show them the fire. It's the only way that they're going to survive. It's the only way that they're going to make it. They realize there's a hole inside of their life. They're looking for somebody to show them the flame. You know what? They can't understand it. They don't understand why denominations are boarding up the windows and closing the doors and why churches are going up for sale. But there's this little sect of people that used to be on the other side of the tracks, that used to be in tent revivals and brush harbors, the ones they used to throw rotten tomatoes at, the ones they used to beat up after they got done preaching, and they're wondering, how are they still growing? How are they still multiplying? How are they still reaching? How are they? Come on, somebody. I'll tell you why it's not complex it's the fire it's the fire that keeps us alive it's the fire that supplies it's the fire that heals it's the fire that sets us free I've just come to tell you the church of the living God is alive and well. Miracles still happen here. People are still set free here. We're going to see more filled with the Holy Ghost than we've ever seen before. We have more members than we've ever seen before. We have more apostolic radical believers than we've ever seen before. It's the greater God gets. greater the world gets, 
the darker the night, the brighter the light. Go ahead, let the world wax worse and worse. At the end of the day, I win. At the end of the day, I've read the back of the book covered. I, I win. I win. I win. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than an overcomer. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So go ahead and let the world expand. Let the world enlarge. I've got a God that's greater. The worse the world gets, the greater my God gets. The worse the world looks, the greater the church looks. It's not time to hang our heads. It's not time to put our light under the bushel. It's time to let it burn brighter. It's time to be more radical. It's time to start dancing in the grocery store again. It's time to start laying hands in the hallways again. It's time to... You want miracles to happen out there? Start praying for people out there. Me and Brother Jackson, I'm not saying because we're so great, but this morning, a lady, all I had to say was I was a preacher. Instantly. She wouldn't let us go. She wanted to know, man, what, what do you do? How do you do it? What, what's going on? And she said instantly. She said, I didn't have to ask her if I wanted to pray for her. She just said, she said, hey, would you pray for peace right now? And I said, I didn't say, oh, yeah, I'll add you to my list that's a mile long, and, and I'll probably forget about you and never pray for you again. No. You know what we did? We said, ma'am, we want to pray for you right now. And the Holy Ghost showed up in that hallway. And she said, thank you so much. And she went on her merry way. But I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will show up. You just have to be bold enough to say, let me pray for that cancer right now. Let me lay hands on that broken leg right now. Let me see that tumor fall off right now. Can you feel it? Can you feel the heat? Can you feel it rising? Our fire is greater than their fire. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what this world needs. Don't need another politician. Another election isn't going to fix this. We've lost our ever-loving minds. If we think man can put this thing back together, we got to turn our eyes toward heaven. we got to look to our help, which cometh from above. we got to look to our maker and our master. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You hear me, you can't survive. You can sit down, do whatever you want. I don't care. We can't survive without the fire. John chapter 3 and verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's not just another suggestion. It's not just another good thing or a thing that helps you feel good or a thing that helps you overcome. If you want to go to heaven, if you want to see the walls of Jasper and the streets of gold, if you want to see those gates of pearl if you want to see it if you want to see it you have to be filled with the holy ghost and with fire
Romans 8, 11, but the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. If you want to be caught up with the saints, if you want to get up in that great getting up morning, if you want to hear the trumpet sound and you want to begin to fly, if you want to get, if you want to be called away in the rapture, you need to have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave living in inside of you. I'm not just talking about any spirit. I'm talking about the mighty God. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you are not receiving one-third of the Godhead. You're not receiving one-sixth, one-twelfth. You're not just receiving 33.3%. No, the Bible says the fullness of the Godhead was in him bodily. Jesus just wasn't a part of the Godhead. He was the Godhead. He was God, manifest in the flesh, justified of the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto to the Gentiles, received up into glory, and he wants to live inside of you. We don't have to just settle for a portion. That same spirit, that same spirit. The Bible says the comforter, I will send the comforter who the Father sent in my name. It's that same spirit, Brother Phil. It's Jesus himself coming to live inside the hearts of men and women and children. And it's for you. 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached on unto the Gentiles, believed on in this world, and received up into glory. We know that Jesus was not just a part of the Godhead, but rather the Bible says that for in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we are receiving the spirit of the almighty God, the one that created the heavens and the earth, the one that spoke the stars into existence and numbered the sands on the seashore. He's the same God that knows every hair on your head, and he wants to live inside of you. He wants to make you an overcomer. He wants to give you power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We understand that the Bible says when we receive the Spirit of God, it was like a fire. They said it was like a fire shut up in my bones. It's like a fire that comes on the inside. And when the fire gets a hold of you, I've never seen somebody. I've never seen somebody that's got the Holy Ghost or got, got a fire. Never, I've never seen somebody on fire that goes like this. Man, that's really hot. I sure wish somebody would put this out. I sure wish somebody would go ahead and, and, and throw a bucket of water on me. That would be really nice. I, I pray right now that you would please know if you are on fire, you know what they say? You're supposed to stop, drop, and roll. You know why they used to call us holy rollers? You know why they used to call us tongue talkers? Because we were consumed by the fire. And we're living in a day, and we're living in a church that is consumed by the fire of God. That's why we run around the aisles. That's why we clap our hands. That's why, come on, that's why we shout. We're on fire. We're on fire. And we don't care who knows it. The fire. We, there's a lady in our church, Sister Rachel Freitas. I don't know if many of you probably know her, but she's an incredible singer. 
sings at all these district events. She's incredible. One of the best singers I've ever heard in my life. So anointed. And, and her mother, there are pillars in our church. They help help our Spanish ministry. Just absolutely incredible people of God. I wish I had time to tell their entire testimony. Just crazy stuff that God brought them out of. But when she first came to our church, I, I wasn't alive. I wasn't around then. But the story goes... When she first came to our church, people began to get up and run the aisles. And she was watching, and her eyes got as big as saucers. And she said, where is the fire? She had never seen anybody run like that. She had never, all she knew is that if somebody's running like that, if somebody's rolling like that, there must be a fire. And the truth is, she was right. But she couldn't see it with a natural eye. There was a fire that was burning on the inside. There was a fire that was showing up in the place. We can't operate it. We can't operate without it. Children of Israel go into the wilderness. They're wandering. They're wandering astray. What does God send them? He sends them a pillar of fire by night. Why? That's the only thing that's going to direct them. That's the only thing that's going to help them out of their darkness. That's the only thing that's going to help them out of their light. And we're wondering what's going to help them out of the drug den. And what's going to help them out of the whorehouse and the crack house. What's, what's going to help them? I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying. I know I'm not the most politically correct preacher, but I'm just telling you, you know what's going to help them? You know what's going to turn their life around? There's got to be a pillar of fire in Fort Myers. There's got to be a pillar of fire. There's got to be a pillar of fire an apostolic praise tabernacle that says come here come here come here don't go anywhere come here the Holy Ghost is here the Holy Ghost will set you free God understood this that's why it was always his design in the Old Testament before the Holy Ghost had been poured out what did the priesthood do they had one job primarily never leave the fire Make sure the fire never goes out. The Bible says that there are certain things that will never be consumed. And one of them is the fire. Why? Fire never dies. Fire never dies. You want to know the only way that fire dies? You stop feeding it. Because you're going to feed something. You're going to feed something. You're going to feed sports or you're going to feed entertainment or you're going to feed your wealth or your bank account or you're going to feed something. But you got to make up in your mind, I'm going to stoke the fire every chance I get. You want to know why it's so hard to speak in tongues now? You stop feeding the fire. You want to know why you can't really raise your hands now? You stop feeding the fire. You want to know why you stop running around the church? You stop feeding the fire. You got to make up in your mind every chance I can. I know it's work. I know it's sacrifice, but I'm going to go chop down some trees. I'm going to get some stuff and put it on the fire. I'm going to sacrifice some things. It was the job of the priesthood to make sure that the fire never went out. I speak to some fathers. I know we put a lot of emphasis on mothers, and they, I love a praying mother is powerful. But let me tell you something. We need some praying fathers. We need some strong men of God that will buck up and will be a man and say, no, this is how it is in my home. No, this is the fire. That's not hateful. That's the most loving thing you could ever do for your children. You know what he said? 
that the father is the priest of your home. You know what that tells me? The priesthood's job was to put fire in the altar of sacrifice. That means your job, daddy, is to make sure that the fire lives at your home. You are just as responsible for putting bread on the table. You're just as responsible to make sure that the fire falls. I know you want to feed them. I know you want to put a roof over your head, and you got to do all of that. But before all of it, you need to make sure the Holy Ghost is going to live here. The Holy Ghost is going to abide here. The Holy Ghost... Because fire always falls on the sacrifice. Why do you fast? Holy Ghost falls on the sacrifice. Why do we praise? The fire falls on the sacrifice. The Bible says it's a sacrifice of praise. That means it's going to cost you something. When's the last time your praise cost you something? Well, well, I, I just don't know how people are going to think. It's got to cost you something. I just, I just don't know what people are going to say. It's got to cost you something. The Bible said that God humbled himself and robed himself in flesh. If deity had to sacrifice his dignity, who do we think we are that we can hold our little self-image? No, if God had to do it, you have to do it. Every chance you get, you have to make up in your mind, not my will, but thine be done. Well, it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. You're crucifying your flesh. Well, it's not in my nature. It's not natural. It's supernatural. It's in your nature when you go to the ball game. It's in your nature when you're watching that show and you're sitting there bawling because some fictitious character just passed away. I'm not emotional. Yeah, right. I, I just don't want everybody to look at me. How... How important do you think you are that every person in this place only wants to look at you? I'm not trying to meddle, folks. It's not about you. It's not about what you want. It's not about what you think. It's not about what you like. It's about the fire. It's about making sure that he is praised. It's about making sure that he is magnified. It's about making sure that your house is a place where he can live. I think I may just end on this story. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I was out to eat a little while ago. It's after a men's conference. I think it's probably been a, over a year ago. And uh, pastor looked at me and Brother Daniel Autry and, and his, uh, Andrew, pastor's son, they, they looked at us and they're like, hey, you want to go out to eat? And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I'm Pentecostal, folks. That's what we do. We go to church and we eat. And then we have to fast. <laughs> And so I was like, yeah, I'm going out to eat. And it was with pastor, you know, and I was like, man, good times have come my way. You know, bye-bye McDonald's dollar menu. You know, I'm with pastor, folks. So we go out to eat. We're sitting there, and it's at a nicer place in Ocala, and we're, we're sitting there to eat, and, and I'm listening, and, I mean, I'm with pastor. You know, I, man, that's what I'm talking about. I'm sitting there, and I'm listening, and I'm I'm taking in every word, and then all of a sudden, I have this thing. It's called, like, need-to-know syndrome. Anybody here? Or middle child syndrome. We'll call it nosiness. That's what it really is. Pray for me. Please pray for me. 
I know, I need to repent. Anybody else here? Come on, you can be. If you don't raise your hand, somebody else is going to point at you, okay? Be sure your sins will find you out. And so I'm the kind of person that if something hap starts happening, I have to listen in. I, 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 I know, I, I'm working on it. And so, like, I start watching. I'm trying to pay attention. to It's my pastor. I'm trying to pay attention to these incredible men of God. And, and all of a sudden, out of my right ear, I can, I can begin to hear a commotion. And I begin to notice a trend. And there's these two old, older ladies. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. We'll just say that they were, they were closer to meeting Jesus than I was, you know. They're, they were... They were getting there, you know, and so, and so they're they're there and they're eating and and man, I began to notice that there this lady. It became very obvious what was happening. She was with her sister or whatever, and 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 she began to try her best to impress the person that she was with with all of this fancy and and glamorous food and 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 I'm I mean I'm watching because they're ordering all this stuff on the menu, and all of a sudden. Out comes the waiter, and he's like, well, thank you so much for joining us. Can I interest you in any dessert? And now I'm listening. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's see what they're going to get. Let's see what they're going to get. And she said, yes, can I please get your baked Alaska? Anybody ever heard of baked Alaska? Anybody ever seen it? If you've never seen it, I mean, it's like some supernatural thing. I mean, they light ice cream on fire. I don't even know how you're supposed to do that. I mean, it's some sort of thing. All I knew is that there was a fire that was about to come out, and I was like, hey, hey, hey. I'm like elbowing it. I didn't actually do this, but I wanted to. Like, hey, they're getting a baked Alaska. Everybody, everybody, let's go. Let's watch this. Here it comes. Here it comes. And so we're watching. We're all watching the door intently because, you know, they're supposed to come out in grandeur, and I'm pretty sure trumpets are supposed to play or something, you know, and a light from heaven come down, you know. And so they're, they're, they're about to come out, and all of a sudden, out comes the waiter, and he has this dessert in his hand, and he sets it on the table, and he looks at her, and, and he, he says, enjoy. And he goes to walk away, and that sweet, kind little old lady shot daggers at him with her eyes. I mean, I'm pretty sure she murdered him with her eyes. She just said, what is this? I was like, man, I didn't know she had that much life left in her. <laughs> I was like, she had some vigor, man. She was, she was like, what is this? And he said, it's what you ordered. She said, no, it's not. And he said, it's what you ordered. And she said, no, it is not. And he said, that, ma'am, is baked Alaska. And she said, no, it's not. And the words that she said next, I don't know why, but it impacted me that I'm still talking about it to this day. She looked at him and she said, no, it's not. Where is the fire. She said, I paid for an experience. I paid the price to see the fire. You better show me. This wasn't her words, but this was her attitude. You better show me the fire. And I've just come to tell you, Apostolic Praise Tabernacle, that when they walk through these doors, when the guests show up, they didn't come to see how cute you look. They didn't come to see your outfit. They didn't come to see what designer you're wearing or what car you're driving. No, 
know they showed up here with a purpose, and they want to know, Brother Phil, where's the fire? Where's the speaking in tongues? Where's the running the aisles? Where's the bobby pins flying? Where are the apostolic women? Where are the apostolic men that say, I want the fire. I want the fire. I want the fire. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Raise your hand. That's it. Can you hear it? Can you hear the crackling of flames? Can you hear it? There's a holy army being raised up. There's something. Come on. You got to show your kids the fire. We got to show our guests the fire. There shouldn't be somebody that comes in here with cancer and leaves not healed. There shouldn't be somebody that rolls in here in a wheelchair and leaves not healed. Somebody that's looking for the Holy Ghost and nobody speaks in tongues. I was, you can stand, we're about to come to the front. I was in California a few years back. This is Brother Daniel traveling to a kid's camp. We got off at right around the University of Southern California, right around that area. We flew into that airport right there. I can't remember where it was, but we flew into the airport. We got off the plane, grabbed our bags. Somebody came and picked us up from the airport, got in the car, and we, you know, we're like the usual conversation. So how long is it to the camp? And they looked at us and they said, you know, usually they pointed, they pointed. They were like, it's right over those mountains, you know. I'm from Florida, and so I'm like, over those what? You know, like those things coming from the earth. And so they pointed to some mountains, and they said, usually it, it, it's right over there, but usually it only takes us about 20 minutes to get people from the airport to the camp. They said, but there's been a fire, wildfires at the time, running rampant, and they said, it, we're going to have to go around and go up the back side of the mountain. I'm from Florida. I'm not used to all this, you know. Closest thing we have to that is like an alligator walking across the road and we have to shut down traffic, you know. And so, and so they said, we're going to have to go up to the back side of the mountain. And I'm thinking, well, you know, a fire is a pretty good excuse. But then they said, it will be two hours for us. I was like, devil is a liar. But... I also didn't want to burn. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, okay, that sounds okay. And so we began, we began to go, and, and we began to go up this backside of the mountain, and I'm just, you know, looking at all the beautiful scenery and all the things that are, and we're having a good discussion. And all of a sudden, it just, this huge fire engine blows past our vehicle. And, I mean, lights blazing huge. It wasn't like a normal. It had this giant tank and one after another, after another, after another. I mean, they're just flying up this mountain. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I'm, like, getting really spiritual, you know. I'm about to have to pray us out of a fire. So I'm like, there's a fire. It's spread to the wrong side of the mountain, and, and there's no way. And I'm going straight into it, and I'm going to die. So I'm getting real spiritual, you know, cramming for the final and praying as hard as I can, and, and so I'm praying, and all of a sudden, 
we get there, and I see these fire engines, and I'm like, where's, what, where's the fire? And I look on the side of the road, and there is a single bush that is burning, and there are six macho firemen, all with their hoses, standing at one bush, full force, blazing. They're pointing at this bush, trying their absolute hardest to put it out. And I'm thinking, what in the world? But you know what? They live there, and they know it's a dry environment. And in a dry environment, there's no better place for fire to spread. And when fire begins to meet wind, when the winds of the Spirit begin to flow, they understand that those embers can fly for miles, and it only takes a little flame to start a forest fire. And so the enemy is attacking this one tiny flame. And I've just come to preach to somebody. You feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You feel like the devil's been attacking you night and day. And you're thinking, man, I, I just got in church. It's because the enemy knows if this ever gets out, if this ever starts to spread, if this ever catches a little bit of wind, if somebody ever shares this on their job, if somebody ever starts to speak in tongues out there, it's going to begin to spread spread and we're not going to be able to stop it and there's nothing they can do about it folks because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world come on somebody ought to make up in their mind i'm gonna let the fire burn brighter i'm gonna let the fire burn hotter than it ever has let's make our way to the front we're about to pray we need the fire of the Holy Ghost, folks. Come on, if you have the Holy Ghost, you should come up here speaking in other tongues. This is biblical, folks. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, all throughout the book of Acts, all throughout the New Testament, this happened. The fire of the Holy Ghost is about to fall here. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me real quick. We're about to pray an organized prayer together as a united front, but I want you to hear me. I was at Kennedy Space Center. I was probably around six, seven, eight years old. I don't know how I remember this. Maybe it's not there. Maybe this is just my imagination, but I distinctly remember I was waiting in line for a ride, you know, and these places are cruel. They put little kids out there and make them wait in the sun for hours and hours, and you're dying of heat stroke, you know. And I'm sitting in line, and I'm looking for anything to entertain myself with. And I'm not much of a reader, but I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> and so I looked up on the wall, Brother Phil, and on the wall they had this big diagram. And I remember reading about the space launches, and, and when, the, when the space program was at its height, thousands would fly in to come, and they would come to Orlando, and, and they would come and watch these, these flights that would, that would take off in Space Coast and, Tal and uh, that area over there. And, and, and so they would come in, and they would fly, but they quickly found out that they had to move the stands because the people were too close. But it was not because of the heat coming off of the launch. It was because we live in Florida.
And in Florida, there are alligators and there are snakes and there are spiders and dangerous animals. And, and where they were launching was a swamp-like region. And when, when they would begin to combust and when there would begin to be a launch, they quickly found out that these animals would run for miles. And they were not sitting far enough to escape the animals. And so they pushed them back. And so I've just come to tell you that when a launch begins to happen, when something begins to take place, when a fire begins to combust, every snake in hell, every devil in hell has to flee. The Bible says that hell is tormented by the flame. I don't think it a coincidence that the Holy Ghost is like a fire. And when you begin to let it flow, when you begin to let it flow, every demon in hell has to bow. Every addiction has to flee. Every giant has to fall. You just gotta let the fire fall. There needs to be a launch here. There needs to be a combustion here. There needs to be something that takes place here. What we're about to do, if you, we're about to have a launch, we're about to go forward, and I'm about to get out of this mic, but this is what I feel to do. If you have never experienced the Holy Ghost for the first time, you're about to experience it. There are some of you that you have not been sleeping at night, and you're about to sleep at night. There's been some of you that you've been tormented in your dreams and in your mind, and you're about to have peace. There's been some of you, you've been addicted to prescription pain pills and drugs and, and pornography, and you're about to be released. There's a about to be mental disorders that are made whole and physical tumors that are going to fall off. I believe it. I believe it. Cancer has to leave when the fire falls. Diabetes has to leave when the fire falls. Depression has to flee when the fire falls. If you need a miracle in your body, why don't you raise your hand? One, two, three. Look all around here. You can put your hands down. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you would like to experience the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues, why don't you raise your hand? got multiple people all around here. It's about to happen, folks. It's about to happen. If it's been a long time, say you got something in your mind or you've not spoken in tongues in a long time, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and raise your hand too? Because it's about to happen. The fire is about to fall. Are you ready, folks? Are you ready? You want to experience the flame? You ought to run down here as fast as you can. Don't be on the outskirts. Be right there in the big middle of it. The Holy Ghost is about to fall. Are you ready? Are you ready? Every hand lifted, every voice raised by the authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name Jesus. I rebuke every spirit of fear. I rebuke every giant, and I command it to fall. I loose the Holy Ghost. I rebuke every devil in hell that would come against you and your family. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Shout Jesus. That's it. Speak with other tongues. It might not make sense, just let it roll off your tongue. You got to open up your mouth. Open up your mouth.
It may get a little loud when the fire falls. It may get a little rowdy when the fire falls. Come on, let those tears flow. Let those tears flow. Let that tongue go right now. Speak it out. Speak it out.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, by a show of hands, if you had pain in your body and the, and the pain left, if you had a miracle in your body, why don't you raise your hand? Anybody? Anybody? That's okay. I think we got one down here. If you receive the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in other tongues for the very first time, why don't you go ahead and raise your hand? Anybody? That's okay. If you spoke in tongues for the first time in a long time and the Lord renewed you, that's what I'm talking about. The Holy Ghost is here. That's what I'm talking about. There's a few of us. This is what I want to do. The fire can spread like that. And I want you to get a hold of a friend. I want you to find somebody. And I want your fire to begin to meet their fire. And I want us to begin to worship the Lord. And let just let's send up a pillar of fire to heaven. Let's just let the Holy Ghost flow between us. Come on, go ahead. Find somebody to pray with. That's it. Today's your day. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, today is your day. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, today is your day. Come on. They're coming back. Something's happening. Fear, bow, depression, leave. Back pain, be gone. on that's it that's it that's it this is biblical this is biblical this is biblical this happened all in the bible folks this isn't something new this is something old stirring up i want you to look at me if I could have your attention one more time, this is what I'm going to say. I feel to do this. Why don't we just thank the Lord for what he just did. There are some miracles that just took place. If you had a miracle in your body, come and let one of us know if you got the Holy Ghost for the first time. Or maybe you didn't even know what you were saying, but you're like, that was new. Let us come. Let us know. But this is what I want us to do. We're all just in groups. I want you to look at the person next to you. I want you to ask them, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Very specifically, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? The year was 325 A.D. at the Council of Nicaea. I'm just here to tell you that the way that they baptize in the Bible, every single time, 
you find somebody baptized in the Bible, they were baptized by full immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. It wasn't until 325 A.D. at the Council of Nicaea that you can look it up. It's in all of the encyclopedias that they changed the baptismal formula from the name of Jesus, the Catholic Church, from the name of Jesus to the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in an attempt to try to fit the Roman religion that was going on in the day of polytheism. And so I've just come to tell you that you need to be baptized baptized the Bible way. The Bible says there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And when we are baptized, we are not baptized in a generic title. We are baptized in the name of Jesus. Because when we write a check, we do not put a title on the check. We do not write a check and sign it the Son. No, we say Luke Curry. Why? Because there's authority in the name. And the Bible says whatsoever you do in word and deed do all in the name of Jesus. And that's why when we are baptized, we are very specifically baptized in the name of Jesus for remission of all of our sins. And I'm here to tell you, if you will get your sin, today is the day the water is ready. Today, if you'll get your sins washed away, God will fill you with his spirit. I want, I want to know by a show of hands, how many people here have ever been baptized I'm not trying to pick on anybody. That's awesome. Ever been baptized in the titles, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? That's awesome. That's awesome. How many here have been rebaptized? That's biblical. That's biblical. When they saw how to be baptized, they were rebaptized in the name of Jesus. And so today is your day. One more time, why don't we thank the Lord for what he did here today? God, we love you. God, we praise you. You're so good. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, God is good, isn't he? Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the fire. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for moving in our lives, Jesus. Hallelujah, moving in this place today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, now that we've been re-energized or reignited or revived, or whatever you want to, whatever word you want to do it, uh, the fire is uh, rekindled. Uh, now it's on us to keep the fire burning, right? It's, it's, we're going to leave here and leave in this great place where everything's just erupting, uh, but we're going to go back home and, and we're going to pass through dry places and uh, pass through the places of this world It's going to try to snuff out the flame that God has ignited here today. And so it's on us to keep that flame going. Uh, and I'm going to tell you that you're not going to feel like praying. You're not going to feel like uh, doing things for God. You're not going to feel like fasting. And if we're waiting for that feeling, that feeling's never going to come. We have to make up in our minds, hey, I got to do it. My body does not want to do it. I don't feel like getting up. But, hey, I have to make the choice to do that and keep that fire going. Amen. And God's going to honor the sacrifice, right? He always does. Amen. So let's keep this fire going. Amen. Let's bring it back next week even stronger, burning even brighter. Amen. Even more guests will show up and feel the fire falling. Amen. It's on us, right, to keep it going. I believe the revival is here. Amen. We're going to keep it, keep fanning the flame of revival. Amen. We're going to see God do great things. Amen. Amen. If you believe that with me, let's clap unto the Lord one more time as we close out. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord, for what you have done and what you're going to do in us and through us today and this week and the rest of the, this year. We give you the praise. Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Greet a few people around you. Uh, greet the, the guest minister and Brother Jackson. Let them know how much they mean to you. We got free bread in the back if you want to get some of that. Amen. God bless you all. Uh, Tuesday night starts Grow Groups. Do me a favor. If you figure out where you want to go, there's a number on there. Just go ahead and text them and say, hey, my name is whatever. I'm, I'll plan on coming to your place. That way we know, have an idea, if, we're, if 50 people are coming or five people, we can make sure we have enough food and snacks for everybody, okay? Uh, let's do that. Let everybody know if you're coming. God bless you all. Amen. We'll see you Tuesday night at Grow Groups and then Thursday. God bless.